Teen Challenge Canada is a faith-based residential program that helps adult men and women overcome drug and alcohol addictions. Each person comes with a story. Some dull their pain with marijuana. Others abuse prescription pills, alcohol, cocaine, methamphetamines, or crack. All have lost control of their lives. They're business owners, skilled tradesmen, computer programmers, general laborers, and hairdressers. Because of their addictions, their lives are littered with destruction, broken marriages, failed education, lost jobs, defaulted mortgages, and children taken away. To meet the growing need for addiction treatment in Canada, Teen Challenge operates six sites across the country for adults over the age of 18. Through basic biblical principles, students in our program learn that they are valued and can contribute to society. Best of all, they discover that God gives them hope, freedom, and a tomorrow. Teen Challenge founder David Wilkerson taught these same principles. He started the organization in 1958 in New York City. His pioneering work resulted in more than 1,100 centers in 92 countries. In our holistic program, men and women get healthy in body, mind, and spirit as they eat nutritious food, exercise regularly, and connect with God. With help from our staff and certified addictions counselors, students identify root issues, bullying, dysfunctional families, divorce, death of a loved one, rejection, abandonment, and abuse. These and other deep hurts drive people to drugs and alcohol for relief. Preparing to live productively, they learn to balance a checkbook, use a computer, and speak publicly. Students are guided to become better parents and spouses. Through work duty and internships, valuable job skills are gained. Those who have not completed high school are assisted to get their GED. You can help even more men and women start a new life through Teen Challenge. Take a tour at one of our six centers to find out more about our ministry. Volunteer. You can mentor a man or woman or share a skill with our students. Celebrate with us at a student graduation ceremony. Attend a fundraiser. Choose from a golf classic, a freedom ride and silent auction, a fundraising banquet, or our annual Christmas concert. Invite the Teen Challenge Choir to perform at your church or community group. Pray. Your ongoing prayers enable our students to overcome challenges. Sponsor a student for just $40 a month. Your financial support and notes of encouragement keep our students motivated to stay in the program. Consider a one-time gift toward our operating expenses or a special project. Together, we can make a difference in the lives of those struggling with addictions. And trust me, it's not all about jumping up and down. It's a tough program, but it works. And we're thankful for that. Would you make Raylene welcome as she comes to share her story, please? Good morning. My name is Raylene. I was born in Toronto. I was raised by a mother who is a very hardworking, God-loving, high achiever. When I was six... I had a fire accident that left me with third-degree burns on my right arm and back as well as skin graft scars on my thighs. And I tell you this because those scars had me believing lies about myself, especially as a teenager. When I was in high school, I never did the party, drink, weekend thing till you're sick, but I did smoke quite a bit of marijuana. 
I never acted upon boy crushes because I thought they wouldn't see past the scars. At 17, I had a job that allowed for us to party before, during, and after work. While working at this job, I met a man who was 17 years older than me who told me I was beautiful and wasn't grossed out by the scars, and all of a sudden I had this newfound sense of confidence. I'd always wondered why my mother allowed the relationship, and I realized deep down she, like me, thought no one would ever see past the scars, so here's somebody. Have at her. That same man is the father of my first two children. Around the time my firstborn was three, I was introduced to free-based cocaine, now called crack. I used it until my son asked me for a baby sister, and even though we weren't a couple and he lived with somebody else, I became pregnant on purpose. When our daughter was about five months old, I started using again, but not for long, as their father had an inkling I was up to no good and told me that if he found out I was getting high, he's going to take those kids. So in April 1992, I stopped using cocaine, and I didn't touch it for 18 years. During those 18 years, I raised my son and daughter, went to college as a mature student, got a diploma in accounting, and upon graduation, I went on a well-deserved vacation with my mom and aunt to Barbados. And there, I met a man from Minnesota. A year after that, I gave birth to our daughter, and a year after that, I moved to Minnesota, and we married in, in 2000. This relationship, like the first, became emotionally dysfunctional and toxic. I ended up compromising myself in terms of how I parented my kids. On many occasions, I chose to protect his sense of manhood over the emotional well-being of my children and myself. It pains my heart to think of the hurt and confusion they endured because I was trying to be loved. The best thing about living in Minnesota was my three kids and I coming to the Lord. I attended and was very plugged in serving on the praise and worship team at Destiny Christian Church. And on New Year's Eve 2005, I was water baptized. My husband resented my involvement and my faithful tithing. In June 2009, I received a call telling me to come to Toronto immediately as my mother was not well. Thanks to my church, my kids and I were able to fly there that same day. It had been about a year since I last saw her. On her last night, I lay beside her, excuse me, beside her with praise and worship in her ears. And in the morning, it was the nurse and I that witnessed my mom's last breath. As hard as it was to be there, I wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere else. I think she purposely gave me that last night with her and the music, as I used to call her every Sunday after church and sing her all the music, all the songs we'd sing and retell the message. She always said she knew I would find my way to the Lord in my own timing. I was so disappointed and hurt because my husband had felt it too inconvenient to attend her funeral. Circumstances of my mother's estate meant somebody had to live in her house, so I moved my kids and I back to Toronto. At the time, I didn't realize that leaving him also meant leaving my church and all that I'd come to know and love in Minnesota. They say three of the most emotionally disruptive events in one's life are death, divorce, and moving. I walked into them all at once and unintentionally abandoned my relationship with God at the same time. All the things I endured living with my husband I got through because of my church family and God. Once moving back to Toronto, I didn't try very hard to get connected to a church, which left me wide open for the enemy. My mom's passing was the beginning of a downward spiral that lasted almost nine years. At first, every time I closed my eyes, all I could see was that last breath leaving her chest. So I started to smoke a bit of pot to help fall asleep. An opportunity arose for me to get my hands on that old poison I had once loved. And in my, my, thought, in my mind, I thought, I quit it once before. I can do it again. Lie. 
I quit the very first time in 92 because of the fear of losing my kids. This time, my youngest moved back to Minnesota to live with church friends, and I still didn't quit. For the very first time in my life, I was living alone. Me and the devil became best friends. My lows got lower and lower. The absolute lowest moment came when I took several hundred dollars from my grandson's Ninja Turtle piggy bank. I was so disgusted with myself, yet because I was so sick in addiction, I still spent it on drugs. Romans 7:15 and 17 say, For I don't understand what I am doing, for I do not do what I want. Instead, I do what I hate. But now it is no longer me doing it, but sin that lives in me. My daughter found out before I could put it back. That was the absolute final dagger to her precious heart. I was completely cut off. She thought and was correct that my love for her and her son should supersede that of the drug. The isolation drove me deeper. I knew sometimes when I woke from sleeping that I was not, it wasn't due to me waking me up on my own free will. I'd always known that if I called out to Jesus with all my heart and asked for help or healing, he would oblige. I just didn't do it. I've attended two other short-term treatment programs which did not fulfill their intended purpose. I had heard of Teen Challenge while living in Minnesota. I googled it, downloaded the forms. I had a childhood friend help me fill them out in a McDonald's and had the community to work at my doctor's office fax them right away because left on my own, left on my own, I'm pretty sure the forms to this day would not have been sent. Some were shocked when I said I was going for a year. They were pleased it was to a faith-based program as they knew I missed being plugged in. The reasons usually given to a person to consider the program were the same reasons I was giving my friends and family to convince them this was the right decision. I told them what's a year compared to the rest of my life. I need to know God's purpose for the next 50 years of my life. So when Huda, the intake coordinator, called me and told told me I'd been accepted, I cried on my belly for a solid 45 minutes. I cried more that day when I did than I did when I watched my mom take her last breath. I cried because the person I'd become was finally going to be laid to rest. I cried because the shame of my wrongdoings was overwhelmingly disgusting because I had created so much chaos in my using. I cried because only hours before receiving the call, I looked to the sky and I cried out to God at the top of my voice with all my heart to get me out of here. And I cried because he answered my plea. And I cried because I was scared. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So on May 22nd, 2018, this number keeps going up, but it's about 40 pounds ago now, and several gray hairs ago, I arrived at Teen Challenge. I'm constantly being reminded of God's grace, acceptance, mercy, and forgiveness. Over the last few years, I kept wondering why I was so stuck. What did I lose that made me keep going lower and lower? Since arriving at Teen Challenge, I realized the answer is love. I lost my mom's love, my husband's love, the love of my church, and I stopped loving myself. I felt so empty, I tried to fill it with drugs, which could never in a million years take the place of any of that love. 1 John 4.16 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. I completely lost sight of the fact that the one love I always had and will never lose is the love from God. So no more shall I ever feel unloved. Thank you. When... um 
Teen Challenge was formed, it was kind of a street-level teenage uh, ministry. Then laws change in Canada, so now it's from 18 years of age and up. The program, like I said earlier, is not easy, but it's right. And wherever Jesus shows up and wherever he's glorified, something has to give. Amen? Well, one precious life that's here, she's not very tall on the outside, but she is long in spirit on the inside. And Jenna, would you come? Would you make her welcome, please? Can I lower it? Yeah. It's a little tall. Thanks. Yeah, it's good. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having us today. Hi, my name is Jenna. I was bound by the chains of addiction, but by the grace of God, I've been set free. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Psalm 30, verse 3. I had a stable childhood, a relatively normal one. My home consisted of my parents, my younger sister, and myself. We were happy. My father owned businesses across Canada, which caused him to travel a lot. My mom wanted to better our lives and went to night school to receive a college diploma. My dad missed things I wished he hadn't, but when he wasn't traveling, he was the father figure my sister and I needed in our lives. After 10 years in this stable environment, my parents put our home up for sale. This caused a lot of heartache, but didn't compare to what would happen next. My parents finally told us they were no longer going to be married, and this shattered the world as I knew it. Within the next few months, a lot of change happened. My father moved back to Calgary, where the rest of our family lived, and the three of us girls moved to Oakville. This change began to stir up anger and chaos within myself. I blamed my mother for everything and resented her, but with the help of our Heavenly Father, I have forgiven her. The adjustment was very difficult. I started a new school and was dealing with feelings of insecurity, fear, loneliness, and resentment. I couldn't figure out who I was and began to hang out with the rebellious crowd. This began my drifting from the path God created for me to walk, to beginning to walk along the path of rebellion, worldly choices, and settling for what I thought I deserved. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. 1 Corinthians 10.13 I was already experimenting with drugs and alcohol when I entered high school. I decided to dive deeper into this destructive lifestyle, which I viewed as exciting, different, and fun. The lies of the enemy had skewed my perception and led me to believe I was worth nothing, ultimately causing me to believe drugs and alcohol were the answer to all of my problems. At the age of 16, I was offered heroin for the first time and accepted. This substance was different than the other party drugs I was already using. It made me feel fearless and numbed my pain. I knew it was a very serious drug, but in desperation to find something to calm my soul and fill the void within, I began using it daily. I was completely blindsided by addiction. By the end of high school, I had a full-blown opiate addiction. I was lying to myself, saying that this habit was under control, but realistically, I was destroying relationships, dreams, and ultimately destroying myself because I didn't believe I was worth anything more than what I had become. After graduating, I had a very short stint of sobriety. I relapsed after a few months and finally decided to try the methadone maintenance program. For me personally, this was only a band-aid on top of a problem bigger and deeper than any human doctor could fix. I soon got involved with someone who also struggled with addiction. For about a year, I wasn't using any illegal substances, but still drank daily. When I was finally able to see the toxicity of this abusive relationship, it became too much for me to handle, 
I didn't know how to escape, so I turned back to drugs. I was soon introduced to crystal meth and fentanyl. When I got the courage to leave, I ran to my family for help, but they didn't believe me at the time because they didn't see the toxicity of this abusive relationship. I lost all hope, really, and surrendered to my life in active addiction. The enemy deceived me so completely that I believed all I was good at was doing and selling drugs. I was full of insecurities, shame, guilt, and fear. I literally couldn't function without having to use just to feel normal. Using wasn't just something I did, I was using to survive. I was completely blinded to how my actions were not only destroying me, but also my loved ones. Now I realize that this lifestyle never truly filled the void within me. The definition of the word chaos is complete and utter confusion, which is exactly what my life was. I will be glad and rejoice in your love, for you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. You have not given me into the hands of the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place. Psalm 31, verse 7 to 8. One night um, in summer 2017, I got arrested yet again. On the morning of my bail hearing, I walked into the courtroom and saw my dad sitting there. I was shocked. Why would my parents come after all of the hurt and damage I had caused? After I was released, my dad told me that on the night I got arrested, the Lord woke him up and instructed him to pray for me. He obeyed, even without being aware of the situation I'd gotten myself into. I believe this was the Lord speaking to me through him. He was trying to tell me to slow down and that he cares about me no matter how much I strayed, but I didn't listen. A month later, my parents brought me to graduation for a student finishing her year at Teen Challenge. They were begging me to consider the program and getting the help that I so desperately needed, but I refused. With pending charges and a short time in jail, I said I would rather do those few months there instead of an entire year of treatment, but God had other plans. At the beginning of 2018, I found myself homeless again, and I phoned my parents. My dad called a friend who knew the lifestyle I was living and had been there himself. He said to me, if you continue this, you'll be dead in a few months. I just shrugged it off. Because as an addict, no matter how many times I faced death, I thought I was invincible and truly didn't care about what would happen to myself. My family then said, you need to get help or we can't help you any longer. I was tired of continuously letting them down. I decided I would try to make them happy and go along with what they wanted for a short time. God had already reserved me a spot at Teen Challenge. I was accepted and walked through the doors of Teen Challenge within a month of applying on February 20th, 2018. I had the intention of only staying for a short time. I used to struggle to make it through a day, an hour, and even a minute with wanting to die. But since being in the program, my eyes are being opened daily to how much Jesus loves me. I still have struggles, but I'm learning to lean on Christ to guide and carry me through each struggle that I face. Since surrendering to the Lord and his plans for my life, he is showing me that I am a loved, cherished, and valuable daughter of the Most High King. He is also continuously showing me his goodness through big and small victories. I tested positive for hepatitis C due to intravenous drug use and active addiction, but since being in the program, I've learned that he has completely healed me. Praise the Lord. God truly intervened in my life. Every time I hit rock bottom, the floor fell out and my rock bottom fell deeper and deeper. Just as the floor was falling up for the last time, he picked me up and saved my life. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are no longer under the law, but under grace. Romans 6.14. Thank you.